Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dill Pickle Movie Network. If you're just checking out this review, uh, this is our podcast, Marvelous Movie Mondays, every Monday with Kelsey and Dill. I'm joined by Kelsey Kilpatrick. How are you, Kels? I'm doing good, Dill. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, so anyone checking this out for the first time, this is our show. Um, normally, we like go through the news of the week, and then we talk about whatever show or Marvel topic we want to talk about. We go in depth. Um, but since there's a new Marvel movie, we're just doing a basic movie review. Um, we're going to do some spoilers, but not till the very end. So in the um, uh, timestamps below, you will see when the spoilers start. So you don't get spoiled if you haven't seen Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. If you have, though... Feel free to watch the whole video. We are going to start with talking about some of the stuff we liked about the movie and then going into some of the, some of the stuff we might have not liked about the movie. And then, of course, talking about a few little spoiler things that we have to talk about because there's a little bit uh, that we, we can't really say, but we want to say, uh, especially if you've seen the podcast before, you know, there's some character in particular we want to talk about. So Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, who's done some indie stuff. He did Short Term 12, was like his big breakout, with like Brie Larson, Lakeith Stanfield, Rami Malek, really kickstarted a lot of their careers. Then he went on to make like a book adaptation of The Glass Castle and Just Mercy. Uh, Glass Castle I did not like very much. Just Mercy was a good, pretty good movie, but this is his first like big blockbuster studio film. Um, also, uh, big roles for uh, Simu Liu, who is uh, the guy who plays Shang-Chi. Uh, he's mostly a TV actor. Uh, he's dabbled a little bit in stunt work and music, but this is his first like huge leading role on screen um, in theaters. And then you have like Aquafina, who's been blowing up, um, and then a lot of other great actors: uh, Michelle Yeoh, uh, Tony Leung as uh, the father, Shang Chi's father, um, and so many other great actors. Some of them are spoilers, so I don't want to like dive too much into the cast. But that's like your basic layout of Shang Chi. But I want to just know, Kelsey, what did you feel about Shang Chi overall? I had a great time with this movie. I I had a great time. I think I turned to you right at the end and I was like, wasn't it so good? And you were like, we'll talk. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. But I was just so giddy and excited to talk about this one. I just thought that this movie was so unique. Mm-hmm. Like, it really broke barriers, I feel like, and explored, like, themes and relationships outside of the typical MCU format, right. which mm-hmm. I really liked a lot. Specifically, like, the the fight sequences were so, so unique. Like, it was just so, like, stylistic. It almost looked like a dance. Like, it was, like, choreography. <laughs> I know? turned to you during the movie, and I was like, I love this episode of Dancing with the Stars, because, like, yeah, they're yeah, so yeah. in tandem, and they have, like, their... It was beautiful. Um, yeah, I agree. It, it's almost like it's genre filmmaking within the genre of superhero because yeah the genre of superhero films i feel like has become now its own genre nowadays there's kind of like an expectation um mm-hmm. of what that formula is especially with marvel specifically um that a few films uh whether they're great or not have tried to break that mold i think of like joker and the dc i don't love joker but at least it tried to do something different within mm-hmm. the superhero formula uh and then you have like films like black panther that i felt were very separate from you know the rest of the marvel universe and i feel like this is the same type of movie it's it's like a genre film it, it is a um homage to like the older um kung fu films uh mm-hmm. you know the, so so much inspiration from these like famous kung fu movies um and you see that throughout this movie like it does feel like a, you know it's a kung fu movie set in the marvel universe and, and i think that was the best thing is that the whole time i wasn't thinking oh this is a marvel movie i was thinking oh this is a movie and it just happens to be in this universe which i really really love i love when it's 
unique and singular and and you can watch it separately and and still be able to get what's going on and there's one or two marvel ties you know obviously because they have to but Mm -hmm. it's not overbearing to the point where you need to watch all the movies to understand this one there's only one movie that you really should watch if you want to get the full resonant experience of this one but even then if you don't see it it doesn't ruin your viewing of this yeah for sure and just like going off of that it's like everything about this movie like keeps you on your toes Mm -hmm. like it's like everything was like unpredictable i feel like everything surprised me like i i mean i want to talk about things but like i don't know if they're spoilers or not yeah, but. we'll get we'll get there in a little bit because I do want to get to the spoiler section soon because there is so much to talk about in in um uh, record regarding that. Uh, yeah. but uh, this cast too, I, I think the cast is also a huge strong suit. I think uh, the beauty of Black Panther is that it showed so much represent representation uh, for younger audiences and older audiences, but especially younger audiences to see people like them on screen. And I think it's just so special when you see so much Asian representation on the screen. I think that's also very special. I mean, this year we got the first um, or second uh, female led superhero movie in the MCU with Black Widow. And now we're getting the first Asian led uh, movie within the MCU Um, because we've had, you know, obviously Wong in the MCU, uh, but we've never really had a leading man uh, or woman who is Asian. Now we get two. We get a leading man and a leading woman because Aquafina, I think, is just as much a lead as Simu Liu is in this movie. Mm-hmm. um so what did you think of like the performances because i'm assuming that's part of your good right yeah yeah for okay, sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i yeah i i like the performances a lot i think also just things that i like first things that come to mind was the set design mm-hmm. like specifically of like the cage match scene because that's yeah. that's been in the trailer we can talk about that but like right. you can tell that like they built that like that wasn't there wasn't anything like green screen about it. Like that was a tangible, like living, breathing mm-hmm. set. And yeah, it's it's good that you bring that up, too, because I, I did feel the same way. There were a lot of like just natural, like obviously not natural lit. Like obviously you have to play with the lighting, but like mm-hmm. there was so much like natural sets. And, and I mm-hmm. really like that. Obviously, there were some, you know green screen stuff like they they do a whole fight on the side of a building obviously these people are not hanging off the side of a building they are on a green screen with cables connected to them but like there were so many good like just set designs throughout especially when they go to like this little village uh, and the colors in the village i mean Mm -hmm. i've always loved in disney world when you go to epcot and you're walking around the world showcase i love to stop in china because of those beautiful like you know buildings and the roofs and the colors and all the 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 costumes and the dresses and the lions and you know like there's so much beauty uh in chinese culture um especially this you know just the abundance of color in this movie even in the beginning there's like a scene where two characters two very important characters meet uh and they almost have like what you were talking about like that little dance sequence when they meet it's an action sequence but it's also kind of like this beautiful harmonious lyrical thing mm-hmm. um and the colors in that too were, were beautiful mm-hmm. it was it was just a very visually eye-catching movie and I, that's been a lot of my complaints about some of the recent mcu films is that like Sometimes it gets a little bland and a little darker and a little sure. muddier and like it doesn't have as much personality to it. It's more about, you know, the story and the characters. But this one felt like it, they really put a lot of effort into like the visual scope of it, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Yeah, I think Aquafina gave a great performance. Just jumping back to your yeah. original question you asked me. <laughs> she really like 
Yeah, she became like a much bigger role than I thought she would because this mm-hmm. is what I'm talking about about like this movie like surprising you. It's like you think like going into it is that she's just going to be like a Ned like to Peter Parker in the sense where it's like just the funny friend who's kind of just there on the sidelines when really her character like has her very own arc like goes through like not as much as Shang-Chi, but like she's with him like practically the entire movie. Like, literally the entire movie and is able to just, like, go through everything that he's going through, like, with him. And it's just, it's a great, like, I feel like catalyst for the audience is, like, Mm -hmm. her character. Because, like, she's, um, like, the funny, relatable one. And then, like, his story, like, obviously you care about because he's the protagonist. So, it was, I loved their relationship so Mm -hmm. much. Yeah, and I also have to shout out, you know, Simu himself. Like the the mm-hmm. performance of Shang Chi is great as well. Like his his relationship with her is great in the movie because again, a lot of Marvel they they love to do romance, but here it's like just this platonic friendship, and I really like that how it's mm-hmm. like there's they're almost just like best friends, and you see that that you know very beautiful connection between them. Then you also have relationships with him and like his his sister, and then him with you know these other people that have are somehow connected to him and his family. Um, just seeing how he reacts to each one and, and how he almost finds himself through other people. I mean, it's a very beautiful piece on family. And I think not since maybe Guardians and Black Panther, have we really seen that family dynamic so strong? I mean, we also mm-hmm. saw in Black Widow too, to an extent, but like even more so here because also the villain, I mean, you've seen it kind of from the trailers, the villain is also a part of the family and having to navigate that. And I think, you know, Tony Leung is amazing as the villain. I, I think the best Marvel villains are the ones where you can really, really, um, you know, understand their motives and understand what, what they want and why they want it. And it's very clear what his motive is. And it obviously goes against everything that some of the other characters are wanting. And it poses a big threat for all the other characters, but at the same time, you understand where he's coming from. You know, Mm -hmm. this, this man has like these demons that he needs to, you know, deal with and, and, it creates a very powerful, you know, face-off when eventually he does face off against Shang-Chi. Like it's a very, very powerful um, dynamic. You know, it's not obviously the most menacing villain. I mean, in the same movie, as we saw from the trailer, like we get abomination in this and like, that's a much Mm -hmm. more daunting, scary villain. But I think the ones that are more, you know, relevant to the characters and that have the bigger arcs, I think of the more interesting villains in the MCU, like a Killmonger, even like a Thanos, who is both scary and, just a very well-written villain. So mm-hmm. um, what were your thoughts on the villain in this? Unless you want to wait till spoilers. Cause I know it's, it's hard to navigate without spoilers, but I mean, I like the villain a lot. Like I yeah. thought that that was very interesting because we've mm-hmm. seen the dynamic between like our protagonist and their father. Like this is mm-hmm. a trope we've seen before, but with this one, it's like, you never see them like go toe to toe in combat. And I mm-hmm. was like, I was conflicted because at the, at, you know, I can see where they're both coming from, obviously, as you were saying. But at the same time, like I did write down in my notes, I'm like, yeah, like take this guy down. Like yeah. he literally he trained you into this assassin. Like he let that person like beat you with sticks in your childhood. And oh, and that's another thing I liked about this movie is that I feel like in in like re- previous like mcu movies like i feel like we get all the childhood stuff and like all the flashbacks if you will like all at once and then we know Mm -hmm. you know like we know everything but like with this one like they just keep like they keep having these flashbacks and they keep going back and we keep learning new information and i thought that that was just such a unique approach to giving us 
did I just say proach like it's a word? A unique yeah, like, approach. Nice proach, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that a sounds unique... like something someone in this movie would say, but look at that. That was so embarrassing. I can't believe I just did that. A unique <laughs> approach yeah. to giving us, you know, more information throughout this film. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Like the weaving of the backstory throughout was just awesome. Cause mm-hmm. if you just load it up all up in the front, it kind of almost makes some things later on a little predictable, but because you don't have everything spelled out earlier on, like you said, it keeps you on your toes. And I think part of that is because you don't know the full backstory. And so there are reveals all the way up till the end when there's this really beautiful conversation between uh, Shang-Chi and Katie, uh, his best friend, where they're sitting by the lake and talking and you actually hear this huge reveal that you know neither of us saw coming when they actually revealed it and and that's what i like about the movie is like you know it still left you you know all the backstory but it wasn't your traditional origin story in in the fact that it was structured differently so you it felt like a different approach to that um which i really like so yeah great casting great action sequences great visuals um we really have nothing but good things to say i mean the set pieces are great we'll talk a little bit more about them in spoilers but let's move on to maybe some of the things we didn't love um about the movie just because there are obviously going to be some things that nitpick us unless it's a perfect film which i don't think many marvel films are perfect films uh Mm -hmm. you know a lot of them the critique is that they don't fit into the universe or that they are not separate and they fit into the universe so you have to see all the other movies to understand it that was a Mm. big thing with i think black widow at some points it was trying to connect too much to other movies but what did you think about uh, some of the maybe the i don't want to even say bad but like the less enjoyable stuff in the movie I mean, the only thing I can really think of was the last battle. Okay. Which I don't necessarily like want to say because I feel like it's a spoiler. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's wait till the till the spoiler section to talk about that then because I had some qualms with the last battle, but I don't think it was because it wasn't predictable which i liked like it was yeah. it's it was something new you know it wasn't your typical sky beam like a lot of these movies have ended with but at the same time the only thing is like that beautiful color they decided to set the last battle in like this like dark and stormy mm. weather and it was like i get it like you want to set the tone a little bit but it was mm-hmm. also like you know we've seen so much rich color like greens and yellows and reds and now just a lot of gray at the end which is fine i mean i get you know, you want to set the tone. But again, like, I, I just would have liked maybe, you know, people can fight during the day. I mean, I think that's one of the greatest things about Infinity War is that that big that last battle is in Wakanda, and it is so bright and vibrant mm-hmm. still. Um, And that was probably my only thing, was that at the end, it almost got to, like, the predictable third act of some of these MCU films. It wasn't because of what was going on in the battle, but I think the visual aesthetic, um, you know, was kind of your traditional Marvel movie, kind of like, ah, we're just going to put this gray, all these clouds in there in gray. It's going to be, right. you know, a lot of, like, CGI at the screen, which, you know, I don't think this movie needed a ton of CGI, but I did like the CGI of the rings with the Kung Fu mix, but yeah. um, I, I would have liked a little bit more practical effects in some areas, but again, like it's very hard to nitpick some of the bad things in this movie because I think it does so much so well. I think because like for the majority of the film, we see Shang-Chi, you know, without the rings that mm-hmm. a majority of his fight sequences are like, it's just all hand to hand combat, which mm-hmm. is great because it's just like, I agree. you know, you're getting like real deal stuff here. Like yeah. it's all fight choreography. Like there's no CGI about it where the CGI was included a lot that I liked were two moments in the film specifically was when um, the water kind of comes down and creates that map mm-hmm. for them. That was a very cool 
yeah. interesting. I've never seen something like that. I don't think in a movie where water like forms these like perfect like little crystals and like makes a map. Yeah. That was very, very interesting. And then I also loved the shot of when then they're going through the forest that there's uh, there's like a wide like an eagle eye shot of like yes. all the trees moving and like creating the path for them. And I was like, this mm-hmm. is very cool. Yeah. So and and I and I know we're transitioning to some of the stuff we didn't like, but it, but it reminds me of some of the stuff I did like just talking yeah. about it. But like I loved also um, the fantasy elements because at first I was like, oh, this is just another story about this guy living in this place. He's in San Francisco in this movie, and he has to like find his past, and he goes to this other uh, like village. But I didn't realize how many fantasy elements they had. The mm-hmm. creatures in this, like it, mm-hmm. it felt like in in almost like Star Wars, how you'll see like another creature and be like, oh, that's like such a cool creature. Or, they're almost like marvel's pokemon like these really yeah interesting, um just hybrid animal type things i mean there's one really cute animal this isn't really a spoiler but it's like half chicken half pig and it's like what is this and, it, and it's cute and and they don't overindulge in it but it's like this nice little you know flavor to make it di- distinct and unique and, and stand yeah. apart you know whereas black panther was just giant rhinos and i'll be honest the cgi for those giant rhinos kind of sucks but like here it's like the cgi was pretty sure. good like these animals were, were great i mean obviously you have to also take in the culture of china and there were a lot of lions and dragons as well like i love mm-hmm. the visuals of those creatures as well i i think you know this was more fantasy than i thought it would be and i like that i like when marvel's like yo we are in the real world, but also this is still a comic book movie. We're still fantasy. We can still you yeah. know, give you crazy creatures and stuff. You know, and not everything has to be Captain America, the Winter Soldier, where it's just all hand-to-hand combat and guns and stuff. We know we can have live giant animals fighting alongside them and like actually make them look good. And yeah. Yeah, so. for sure. That's what I was really saying with like the uniqueness and the unpredictability of this film deal was because mm-hmm. I felt like the trailer like gave us enough to which we like understood like what this like protagonist was going through and why we would want to watch his story, but they didn't reveal everything. Right. And Mar- I mean, Marvel just like does that. It always throws us a curveball like in every film, but like it was just even like little curveballs like this, like go- going to find like the hidden forest with the magical creatures. I was like, that is not a turn I thought this movie was going to take yeah. at all. Not at all. Yeah. And I did like it because of that. So before we, we transition should. into like spoiler talk, I do just want to say one last thing, and that is that a lot of the moments in this film are so deep and heavy that you really need to absorb it with all your attention. Mm. And our theater was the theater experience from hell. And I don't want to dwell on it too much, but Kels, it was it was quite because uh, we saw it together, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it was it was a rough theater experience. So I almost wish I could have gone into this with no distractions. And I think that kind of overall taints a little bit of the enjoy uh, enjoyment of the, the film. Not to a huge degree. I still really like this film. But mm-hmm. there are bits and pieces where I was like, wait, what? I missed that because I was paying attention to the man snoring behind me. Or the woman shaking her, her cup of ice behind me. Or the baby just screaming the whole movie or the kid getting up and down maybe six times to run to the back of the theater in his flip-flops that were cool, cool, cool. so um yeah that, that that took away a little bit but uh, i mean Kelsey, if you wanted to speak on that that is i mean that was quite the experience i tried my best to tune everything out because i was like i'm not gonna like because like the more i like react to it the more i'm taking myself out of the film mm-hmm. so i'm like i'm really just trying to tune everything out and like not react to what's going on but like there were definitely some things and also because sometimes they you know they don't always speak english throughout this film so you have to 
be reading the subtitles and also just like a side note for me i was like you know i'm a short person we know I saw this. you were you're trying to see and the subtitles <laughs> the subtitles are on the bottom of the screen and they like the seats in front of me were blocking them so like every time a subtitle came on i had to i needed a booster seat honestly we yeah. should have grabbed one for me mm-hmm. before we went in yeah, because the, the theater we went to, it's not the seats that recline, but they do kind of like lean back. So like yeah. the chair in front of you leans back, it, you know, it doesn't block a lot of the screen, but I, I get it. But anyway, it was not the best theater experience. So I think I do want to see it again with like a, a totally undistracted lens. Yes, but, you know, sure. I, I, I still think I saw enough to enjoy it. And and uh, it's very clear by now that we both really, really like this film. So if this is where you're ending your review with us, go see Shang-Chi. It's really, really interesting. It just incorporates so many interesting genre elements uh, that you're not used to seeing. Um, and, and the cast is great. I think the cast works so well together. Uh, so go see it. It's unpredictable. It's fun. It dives in a lot of the fantasy. Visually, aesthetically pleasing. Now let's get into, and I'm going to put the band on the bottom, spoilers, because if you're watching this, we are going to spoil the movie right now. So Kelsey, I know you said there were a few things in the past. Before we get to like the Marvel characters that we've seen in this uh, also, like let's talk about um, some of the things you were saying. You said you had a little bit of an issue with like the end battle in terms of spoilers. And then we could also talk a little bit more about the villain and uh, the different things that unfold. Um, but go ahead. Oh, also, I think I forgot to mention with just like the things I liked. Good soundtrack. Yeah, great soundtrack. And Simu great. Leo is in the soundtrack. He has a song in the soundtrack, which I didn't realize. Um, so when we when, when I see it again, I'll have to keep note of that. Yep. So I'll link that below. <laughs> awesome. Um, just the thing with like the last fight, I didn't want to, you know, ruin anyone's experience yeah. by saying this, but I wish because we had gotten so much cool like hand-to-hand combat from him the whole movie like i wish it was more of that and less that and less about like two cgi dragons like fighting each other okay yeah you want more humans in the fight then yeah Yeah. for sure because i was like he's not even doing anything like he's riding on the back of this dragon while the dragon does all like the heavy lifting and i'm like that's not why i like watch these movies Mm -hmm. it's a it's you know the epic battle is to finally you know have the the protagonist like get his like all his shit together Mm -hmm. to take on you know the last thing and i guess he does like eventually like put you know he sends the rings into like the belly of the evil dragon and you (laughs) know explodes him but uh yeah that was just like the that was like my only the Mm -hmm. one and only thing because it was just because the fighting was just so so cool that i could have watched it i think they thought like maybe like oh they've been watching him fight all movie long like we have to make him do something different no i could watch that style of combat like for for two more hours i could have like seriously because it's just so because also the the normal average marvel audience isn't really as exposed to like kung fu films and like chinese films and films like that where like you know it's a lot of you know hand-to-hand combat and that kind of style like jet lee and and bruce lee and jackie chan movies like you know western audiences aren't as exposed to that so i like how they brought that style in but i agree like you know it became a dragon battle at the end but at the same time you know being a game of thrones and lord of the rings fan and stuff like that like seeing dragons just like 
emerge and start fighting like i dug it a lot um and i know there are no you know huge dragons in the mcu yet so i was just i was enjoying it a lot sure but, sure but again i agree like i think also because it was so gray and cloudy some of the dragon fighting it got a little muddled it almost looked like it was just a ton of cgi thrown at the screen which i don't always love um you know that was one of yeah. the big things about the black widow third act and i hate to compare them but like that's the freshest movie in my mind yeah um, uh, yeah so i agree the third act you know love it or hate it i mean it, it's a big action sequence and there were going to be stuff that you know didn't necessarily work all the time but i do like how aquafina then did have that big moment with the yeah. arrow you yeah know, katie got to shoot the arrow um yeah it's nice Katie's after character saw... was like the unsung hero in this film yeah and i was wasn't... like so shocked and I think this will transition well to what we have to talk about next. But I think what I liked about this film is that she served the purpose as kind of the comedic relief in the first half. But then when they wanted to give her a richer story development, they were able to bring in another comedic relief. So then she could now become more of a like hero and more of the protagonist alongside Shang-Chi. Right. Um, or Sean. Now that now that we're in the spoiler section, we can spoil that his name that he's t- called in the movie is Sean. Um, but yeah, so the co- comedic relief we teased is Trevor Slattery. Uh, and we we have to talk about it because oh, yeah you know, yeah we, we do it you know all hail the king was a short that they made a few years ago for the iron man 3 release um and it kind of teased the whole idea that there was other people um left in this like mandarin organization that were like keeping an eye on trevor and kind of wanted trevor dead because he was like kind of their puppet uh, and now we actually see that into fruition that there is this huge like 10 rings organization it is the mandarin um and you know he is essentially held prisoner by the real mandarin uh in china which i thought was very very interesting and and to see um ben kingsley come back to the role was just so mm-hmm. exciting because he really is such a skilled actor um that and such a high prestige actor that i was like maybe he's just a one and done with marvel because you know he's got a lot of other more prestige things to worry about but right i'm happy he came back and i'm happy he was in this because you if you watch this podcast you know Kelsey and I are huge fans of it. <laughs> huge Trevor Slattery fans mm-hmm. stands yeah. for sure. Um, Jill, I don't know if you like saw me freak out in the theater, but like during the whole like cave, like dungeon sequence, as soon as I heard the noises like happening, I was really like, oh my God, is it? Oh my God, is it? Could it be? I was like, I was, cause you know, obviously like you told me to watch the one shot. So like Trevor Slattery is fresh on the brain. Did I think he was making, did I go into Shang-Chi thinking he was going to be making an appearance? Absolutely not. I thought that, you know, after that one shot, I was like, okay, so that now he's dead. They took him somewhere to be killed. So no, so no, he was taken prisoner because, you know, he's been like their jester basically for Mm -hmm. the dad and like his whole like, compound like whatever that for the 10 rings um and i was just mm-hmm. like wow it was it was so great it was such such a sweet little like mcu nugget to yeah. unwrap and enjoy yeah. and then um and he did serve a really good purpose in the final battle and they didn't overindulge in the comedy which i like mm-hmm. um I, I i think that's one of the strengths of this one of the strengths of black panther is the comedy does feel natural to the characters and the relationships like it, it's almost like funny banter between the two of them but it's not jokes made for the audience all the time it's mm-hmm. you know just friendly conversation between the both and sometimes that's funny um and and i think trevor slattery's great ben kingsley's great but other mcu people we saw obviously the cage match between abomination and wong we see that as well we see wong like 
kick the crap out of the abomination which mm-hmm. is awesome um which is also kind of like an f you to the incredible hulk which kind of makes me sad just because i'm like no no mcu film left behind but if you have to leave one behind it's the incredible hulk um For sure. and then and then we get a lot of of wong in the post credits and at the very end of the movie itself where he kind of like opens up this portal and says hey we need your help come with us uh so let's talk about those post credit scenes because that's obviously spoilers we didn't want to talk about it in our regular review um yeah. the first post credit scene is you know shang chi and katie uh, now they are both superheroes i guess that are you know part of will probably be part of this of initiative a part of the avengers or at least in cohorts with them mm-hmm. um which is great seeing both of them not just shang uh but sean and katie they go into this you know portal with wong and then uh captain marvel is there and bruce banner is there and kelsey you did point out something interesting to me about bruce banner what was that so Bruce Banner is not Professor Hulk. He is just mm-hmm. Bruce. And, and because he has his cast, we yeah. know his sling, we know it's after Endgame. So. so somehow, I guess, he's able to reverse the fact that he is du- Professor Hulk. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was literally just Bruce. And what's happening in the end credit scene is that they're examining the rings, trying to figure out like where they are, uh, where they came from, like what they're made out of kind of things. And we learn that the rings are sending out a beacon and a message. And the big question is to who? And before we can answer it, Captain Marvel has to go. Bruce Banner has to go. And Wong is just kind of left with, you know what? You're now you're on speed dial for us, basically. So be ready to spring into action when we need you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's the kind of stuff I liked is it it waited till the post credit scene to really kind of like tie it into any future MCU stuff, which mm-hmm. I liked. I, I wish, you know, more movies were just kind of its own thing and then later tied it in. Because uh, even the stuff we get in the MCU, like Ben Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery, you don't necessarily need to watch Iron Man 3 to like still enjoy that character because he's just this guy who's been held prisoner who's now helping them and has this uh, imaginary pig chicken that is really there um so i I liked how this didn't rely on the other outside pre-mcu knowledge even one you don't need to see dr strange to watch this movie you really don't yeah all you need to watch is this movie and i like that um and then the other post-credit scene we see uh shay ling um the the daughter of um the mandarin who is also shang chi's sister uh ends up kind of becoming the leader of the ten rings now, some people have interpreted this already, just looking online, as her now becoming like a villain and now in mm. charge of this terrorist organization. But I do think, from my perspective, I was taking it more as a this was a bad organization and I'm going to now make it different and new and use it for good. Because, you know, we saw all this nice graffiti art, almost like she was kind of just re revamping the whole place we saw a bunch of like female warriors opposed to just all males you know she Mm -hmm. was almost kind of taking it into her own hands and making her own um making beauty almost like the phoenix rising from the ashes like she was making beautiful something beautiful out of something that was so corrupt and so bad um because the ten rings it was a terrorist terrorist organization so what are your interpretations of the ending do you think she is now taking an evil turn or do you think it's more of what i was saying of her trying to like almost like plant a flower in the in the manure right i mean i'd be (laughs) lying if you know the the like villain origin story kind of didn't like cross my mind like oh it's like she hasn't forgiven everything that happened to her in her childhood so now she's good this is kind of like payback for like everything that happened but you know what i think it'd be kind of a letdown to um all of her character development and everything that she kind of went through and her relationship that she kind of like re 
rekindled with um, Shang-Chi to like throw that all away to then right. become like the next villain mm-hmm. for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think, saw, yeah, because we saw like these these really impactful relationships with both him and his sister and then him and his father. And the relationship with him and his father is that he was, his father was just so selfish and was wanting his wife back so much Mm -hmm. that he let his whole life go. And he really realizes that. And I love that final moment where he does get taken by the dragon. Cause in that moment he realizes I made a mistake. You were right, but there's really nothing I can do about it. And I'm going to pay the price for it. Um, And that was a beautiful ending there, but for now another person to kind of turn and betray Shang-Chi, like, I don't see that as the natural progression of what the story was setting up, but if mm-hmm. it does set it up and it does justify it and make it an interesting, you know, choice in, in a future installment, cause I'm sure we'll get a sequel, especially if this is successful box office wise. Um, I would like to see that explored, but again, like I don't want to say yes or no, if it's a good choice to make her evil until I see what they do with her again in the future, you know? Yeah. I think the villain is <clears throat> probably whoever is like receiving the message on the other mm-hmm. end of the 10 rings. I think like right. that is teasing more of, of like a future villain rather than, you know, the sister, yeah. because especially because she starts that post credit scene, which with looking at a picture, a photograph of her mother. And mm-hmm. I don't think like she, you know, she's so embedded with like her mother's ideals and morals and all that, that she knows that like, this is not what her mother would have wanted of her. Yeah. You yeah. know? And we've already seen, like I said, we've seen that with Tony Leung's character, like the father, like he's already gone through the idea of like being selfish because he of thinking of the mother and then realizing that that was never what the mother would have wanted, mm-hmm. you know, do the same thing with the daughter wouldn't make sense. But um, any last thoughts on like some of the spoilers? I mean, obviously, we talked a little bit about the like set pieces themselves, but there were some that I really, really love that I can go into depth more here, like the bus sequence that we see in the trailer is so good i mean i love using that bus as like this kind of confined action space and seeing all the different angles and places you can use this bus or cable car i guess um Mm -hmm. you know to your advantage especially san francisco because we know san francisco the streets are so winding uh, and they really use that to their advantage i mean a lot of great car chase movies in film come from san francisco because the roads are so interesting and different that you can just play around with the different things. It makes me think of The Rock, the Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery film, where they're literally racing through San Francisco. And it's just a perfect roadmap, no pun intended, for a great action because it's so yeah. windy and twisty and turny and there's so many hills and, and valleys and yeah. all that. Yeah, so um, I love that sequence. I love the side of the building. I mean, it was like the Mission Impossible film where they're trying to yes. fight but also not fall off the side of this building. And yep. Katie's almost there. She yep. has that piece of bamboo that she's literally hanging off of. Um, obviously, we talked about the great dragon fight, uh, the, the car going through the maze-like forest. I mean, there were so many cool action sequences. And even the hand-to-hand combat was just beautiful, lyrical fighting choreography. It yep. felt like a dance. So um, any other things you want to bring up in the spoiler section just pertaining to that or something else well i i know this relationship seemed platonic for mm-hmm. the majority of the film but there were a few moments at the end of the film dill where i wasn't sure if maybe there's a little bit of a spark between katie and shang i don't know no, you didn't I- see it when they were resting their heads on on each other and then he kind of gives her this look like huh maybe See, I think that was more of like a thank you. Like you're, you've been through my, by my side through all this, like almost like a thank you to her. Like, and, and that's the thing with Marvel is I, I like how they're, I, I would have, I don't know what it is, but I like how it wasn't, you know, they didn't kiss at the end and they didn't like have yeah. this moment because 
to me, it wasn't about that. It was more about yeah. him and his family members, and she was just kind of along for the ride, but she did have her own arc. But it was never about the two of them because from the beginning, the two of them were close. It's not like this movie made them closer. I mean, it, it mm -hmm. tuned her into what his life was, but this wasn't like, you know, an odd couple scenario where like you meet and then like, you know, it's not like Black Panther where it's him and his ex-girlfriend. So like there's this weird dynamic. Nikia's like his ex. So there's that interesting dynamic there. It's like, no, this is just his best friend. And, and it's tough because maybe there's going to be something later on, but I like how they didn't make that choice because you know, it proves that people can be friends in this universe. Not everyone has to be, you know, you don't have to Drax and Mantis every single, or Gamora and Star-Lord every single couple in this, or Peggy For and sure. Steve, or Wanda and Vision. Like, literally, the list goes on and on. I mean, that's one of the reasons people don't love Avengers Age of Ultron, because they try to force something with Natasha and Bruce that just didn't feel realistic, didn't feel sure. honest to the characters. So, um, you know, Clint, Clint and Black Widow is a good example of like a really good platonic friendship in the MCU. So I don't know. I mean, you, you were picking up more than I was, but maybe, maybe they were. Who knows? Listen, I'm not uh, saying I'm hoping for it. I'm not going to be disappointed either way <laughs> if they do put them together in like future mm -hmm. films or they're just friends and like that's all it is. That's fine. I just, you know, I had a little bit of a thought. So I just wanted to know yeah, what your thoughts I mean, were. They're most likely going to make a sequel. So we'll see what happens there and i hope they bring more back trevor slattery because i think he works really well as this like catalyst like this outsider in this universe i mean um yeah. especially now that aquafina is more of now this warrior character like i keep saying aquafina i mean katie but you know she she's now more of like an actual fighter that like now ben kingsley's kind of or trevor's now kind of the one who's just like i'm just here as an observer like um almost like martin freeman's character in black panther ross he's he's very much the outsider in this unit um but that's why they're bringing him back and that's why they're hopefully bringing back trevor slattery um but uh any last thoughts on this film uh before we put it to bed and then probably talk about it in a few weeks or months when we do like a marvel ranking or some other shit <laughs> um no i pretty much said everything i have to say about this one is very yeah. good very good film. So I'm going to take the eight spoiler ban away. Uh, eight out of ten? Yeah. That's exactly what I gave it. So good job, Kels. We're on the same page here. Um, yeah, I think this is, uh, as much as I liked Black Widow, I think this is much, like, this is just a, a much more interesting movie to me. Between this, Black Widow, WandaVision, uh, Loki, and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I do think is the weakest of the five, but still pretty good. I think those five things, like, are really kicking off phase four to a good start. Yeah. I know it, Eternals is going to be at least interesting. I don't know if it's going to be good or great, but it's going to be interesting from what we've seen in the trailers. It's going to be It different. will be a movie. Um, and then Spider-Man No Way Home. We'll see. Um, because there's also we'll a lot see. of expectation there. But um, I do think this year, really, Marvel's coming back full force. And What If, too. Um, speaking of that, we will be talking about What If episodes four and five next monday uh we wanted to take this monday to devote solely and only to shang chi but we will be talking about the new doctor strange episode of what if and then whatever we get next week with what if um on the next uh podcast on monday kelsey where can they find you on the internet you can find me on Instagram at Kelsey A. Kilpatrick. You could find me on TikTok, Cause 13. I'm much more active on TikTok than I am, I think, across all my social media. I, I saw your crawfish video. That was oh, quite interesting. Don't spoil you. it for the viewers. Let them, let them experience it for themselves. Oh, yeah. Sick. You can go check that out for yourself. Or you can subscribe to your YouTube channel, Cause Productions. 
That's right. You can find me at Dylan underscore Randazzo on Twitter, at Dylan Randazzo 417 on TikTok, and here at the Dill Pickle Movie Network. If you're listening on audio, thank you. Go check out the video. If you're checking this out on video, if you haven't seen our podcast before, check out all our past episodes. I'll link them up in the top right right now. Our entire playlist of everything from WandaVision to Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, all these movie clubs where we take an actor from the MCU and talk about some of their other works in the MCU. We also did deep dives on X-Men. We've been doing a lot of stuff um, in this podcast and the show. It's been really fun keeping it up week to week to week to week, and we will keep going till the end of the year. We might take a few weeks off at the end of the year, uh, the Christmas, New Year's season, just to give ourselves a break, but um, it has been a lot of fun. So check us out. Uh, the rest of our podcast, if you are just joining us for the Shang-Chi review. If not, check out my other movie reviews on the channel. Enjoy it. Uh, I'm also doing Big Brother coverage as long as the season's still going. The season is ramping up, people. And then later today, that's right, you will get my ranking for the top 10 movies of summer 2021. There was a lot of great movies, and Shang-Chi will be on the list. So where will it come in? What place will I put it? You'll have to find out. That's coming later tonight on the channel, uh, Monday night. So thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we'll see you next time.